0: The CWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry. But more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m.
1: Central.
2: And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, tonight. And I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to all of my regular listeners Thank you so much for tuning in uh, week after week, month after month, and as we're getting ready to come up on on our two-year mark in September, thank you for following and listening in year after year. I want to give a big, huge shout-out and thank you to all of my new listeners. Thank you so much for joining in tonight. I look forward to having you here tonight as well as all the future shows that we have here uh, on the show And I would encourage all of you to spread the word about uh, the show. Uh, This has been a great opportunity for me on this platform and I'm most appreciative uh, for this opportunity to give out uh, financial information, but also other information to help us improve our lives and, and just help us to live our lives to the fullest. And lastly, but foremost, not least, I want to give thanks to God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. And for all my new listeners, just so you know, my show is a financial and life empowerment show focusing in on improving your financial outlooks. But we don't stop there. I'm here to give you some life lessons. That means educating you in the other important areas of life, mind, body, and spirit, so you, so you can live life to the fullest. So in a nutshell, I'm here to help you. So we have another great show tonight. Um, As you know, we've been in the Women in Finances series since January. And here we are in the last couple of days of July. And this is the 17th episode. And I have to say, this has been uh, a great experience for me. It's been a great opportunity for all of you who have listened in on all the episodes with a variety of different guests that we've had here on the show. A lot of great information going out. Uh, useful, helpful information from all different backgrounds. So I'm most appreciative to all of my past guests. And we still have a few more shows to go before we close out this series. So please stay tuned as we join in to our conversation tonight, as well as for the future shows. Now the call-in number tonight is 917-889-8078. You can call in with your questions or your comments or Some people just like to call in just to listen. Again, the number is 917-889-8078. Now, if you don't know, you can listen to all the replays, all my shows here um, uh, for the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch all of my shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, Spotify, and most recently, we've been added to iHeartRadio. Got many different platforms, depending upon whichever one that you uh, listen to a lot. You can always listen to all the past shows uh, here on my show. Well, let's get started. I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, My special guest tonight, she is a wife, mother, educator, leader, author, life coach, and survivor from seven foster care placements to becoming the first principal of a dropout recovery alternative school to be named a National Urban School of Excellence before age 40, Felicia has always been resilient and determined to make every moment count. She's the co-founder and CEO of Charlton Charlton & Associates and the creator of the Death of a Lie Empowerment Program. As a personal development coach and business consultant, Felicia's popular workshops, Trainings, blogs, and articles have helped CEOs and business leaders skip the learning curve and dive into addressing personal issues that are hindering professional growth and productivity. With over 18 years in educational leadership and administration, she's the go-to girl when it comes to programming, leadership, empowerment, and accountability. Let's welcome to the show tonight for the 17th episode of the Women in Finances series, Miss Felicia Charlton. How you doing tonight, Felicia?
3: I'm doing well. Thank you for that amazing introduction. How are you?
2: I'm doing wonderful. I'm absolutely doing wonderful. Um, I'm just happy to have you here on the show tonight.
3: I'm, I'm excited
2: to be here. Good, good, good. Well, as I always kick off, um, uh, whenever I have guests here on the show, I always like for them to kind of share Uh, their money story, you know, just to share what your experience was growing up with money. Will you please share a little bit about yourself regarding uh, your money story?
3: Absolutely. Uh, That is such an awesome and unique question, and it really made me think. And so my money story, um, with my circumstances and situation, growing up in foster care, moving from home to home, my money story was more about survival, And so I looked at money like uh, a means to an end. Um, I lived with my great aunt, and she looked at money like if you make money, then you spend it. And so Mm -hmm. she was a huge, heavy spender, and um, she liked to get things whenever she wanted them. She didn't really have a budget, and um, sometimes I benefited from that spending and sometimes I didn't. But I also Uh was there to witness You know, some of the bad times when you spend money and you don't budget it, something's going to fall short. Um, But her philosophy, she was single, so her philosophy was if I make money, you can't tell me what to do with it, and I get to spend it. And I took Mm. a lot of that philosophy with me in college, and I actually brought Mm. it to my marriage. And so I had to learn a lot about sharing, saving, credit, um, joint okay. responsibility and accountability, and I didn't learn those lessons until I got married because I really didn't understand how to save money, how to use credit, and the purpose of having a plan.
2: Hmm. Okay, okay. I love, I love how you overcame. Uh, I always say this: yes, we all start out differently, but it, it, it. It doesn't matter necessarily how you started out; it's how you're running the race right now and how you're going to end. And just to hear where you came from and where you are right now, what a miraculous uh, uh, overcoming uh, for you! So thank you so much for sharing that. Now, tell us a little bit about yeah. Tell us a little bit about your business. And I have to say, I know that a lot of people, when they saw the uh, the title of your book, and your empowerment program, but I don't want to. I don't want to rush it. But uh, tell us about your business. Tell us about what or who influenced you to start what you're doing now.
3: Well, um, the business came from the idea of business um, derived from something that always sat in my spirit. Um, I wrote a book. And I started this book project in 2002, and in my mind, the book was already done, written. I had a book cover um, and all of that done with no business plan. And so the book sat on the shelf. Um, it never, it didn't get finished until 2016. I ended up in between there having a family. I ended up raising my sister's children, um, and I ended up, becoming a principal all within that time frame, and so the book project just kind of got pushed to the back and pushed to the back, but in 2015, around 2015-16, I ended up having some issues on my job, and I had won all these accolades and awards, I had an amazing staff that I worked with, I had an amazing board that I reported to, but when I switched school districts, a lot of that support did not come with me, and for the first time, I faced negative reviews, negative evaluations, and I faced having to prove my worth. You know, you get that's why you can't count your accolades, because if you get too excited about something, it's it's gone that day. So being an award-winning educator (laughs) in one place does not mean that you're an award-winning educator somewhere else. And so (laughs) I learned that lesson (laughs) as I went to this other uh, district and was not accepted and was not able to be innovative and creative. So guess what? the book came back up like i got to do something <laughs> um okay. i'm not happy i'm not fulfilled and my worth and value cannot come from here because i was looking for that you know in in my career and so the book came back up the death of a lie and i really wanted to finish this book and i decided after My supervisor and I had had some very amazing and interesting spirited conversations. I need to find something else to do quickly because I knew Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) knew (laughs) that this was
3: (laughs) going in the direction that I wanted it to go. And I also felt like something was missing from my story. I I felt like as a principal, the focus, of course, and should be the students and it should be academics, and it should be their social-emotional learning. But I was told that social-emotional learning was not as important as academics, and I I disagreed. I believe one leads to the other. And so I felt like maybe if I tell my story and I let some of the children know that I've been through something and that they can overcome and they can see themselves in me, then that would be more rewarding than what I'm confined to do in a, in a district, and so that book was birthed, and I thought the book was the answer. I thought, okay, you've written the book, you got it, uh-huh. you self-published, you're doing the thing, and I, was, I didn't get questions so much about the book. I kept getting, how did you write the book? What did you do? And what did you go through? And how did you overcome? And I'm like, I thought, and they're like, is that in the book? And I'm like, well, no, that's not in the book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I thought to the book. But I, I learned through that that people wanted to know my story. They wanted to know um, about resilience. They wanted to know about triumph, and they wanted hope. And I realized that my story comprises all of those things, resilience, triumph, hope, and overcoming. And so I created—I ended up creating the Death of a Lie empowerment program and my coaching program to talk to people about some of the specific things and patterns that I've learned as a leader as a woman and as an entrepreneur that have helped me overcome tough
2: situations. Oh, wow. Now, now tell us about, I mean, you still, so you started, made the transition, uh, got the book completed and people inquiring more so of you as opposed to the book. And you started uh, the death of a lie empowerment program. T- t- what does that involve? What does that entail?
3: That program, the Death of a Lie empowerment program, deals with what lives have to die so that you can live. And I specifically believe and know that there were so many negative things that I believed about myself, and I really didn't realize that until I was faced with that adversity on my job. Because I've been faced with a lot of adversity growing up in the foster care system, coming home from college pregnant, getting married, you know, younger, raising my sister's children but I really didn't understand that I was putting my value in worth in what somebody else thought of me. And that validation almost killed me because the time that I did not get it, I didn't know who I was. And I believe that a lot of people deal with that. When you're seeking validation from outside sources, that means that you're lying to yourself and telling yourself there's something you need that's outside of you in order to make you relevant or valued. And I did that to myself, and I didn't realize that. So when I got that first bad evaluation, who are you? You know, what do you mean? Do you have any relevancy? If you're not winning, who are you? And so that's where the, I realized there are lies that we tell to ourselves that we believe, and those things can kill us. So instead of allowing those lies to kill us, we have to change our perception and our mindset and actually kill those lies. And so that's what my program is, and it teaches four different steps that you go through through the Death of a Lie Empowerment Program, and they are you have to acknowledge the truth. First of all, you have to understand where your mind is. It doesn't mean you're going to stay there, but you have to acknowledge that there's some things that need to change. You have to tell the truth, meaning you have to let it out. You can't keep it all inside. And you can tell that truth to a therapist. You can tell it in a journal. You can tell it in a support group. You can tell it with a coach. But you have to tell the truth. Then you have to own it. Because I don't believe in a victim mentality, there are some things that I created in my own life, like my mindset and my perceptions. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't originate those thoughts, I still kept them mm-hmm. up. And the last step is you have to release the lies. So after that, after you acknowledge the truth, tell the truth, and own the truth, then you're responsible for doing the work to let it go. And that's what I help coach my clients through.
2: Wow. See, it, <laughs> I, I, I love I love those four for for different areas um, Of course me being a financial person uh, I often tell people Here on the show from time to time Whenever I have special segments that I'm doing I call my solo shows One of the things that I, I that, that you have to acknowledge the truth Of where, where you are, who you are And especially regarding finances But regarding just life in general So I love I, I love what you're doing Because a lot of times Especially in this day and time, it's so easy to be caught up with uh, your worth and your value coming from outside sources as opposed to inward. And I like what you do because you you're bringing what's on the inside to the surface, acknowledging uh, whatever truth that it is. Tell the truth, own it, and begin to release those things that are false. I I absolutely love that because it can go in many different areas. Of a person's
3: life. Well, I I thank you and I appreciate that. And that was what, you know, that's what I realized was missing. And sometimes, you know, we just have to be open to understanding that even though the book was the the door, it wasn't the end. And so we'll come, we have to be willing to pivot when something happens or changes in our life. So one of the things, and you talk about my money story, you know, as a principal, Going from foster care to six figures that's huge. That is such a big deal, and it was just an amazing thing to me. But the thing that hurt me was I wasn't happy. It's like you finally get to this point financially, and you're expecting, like, this big celebration and all these bells and whistles and balloons to come down, and you're like, okay, now I have what is deemed as some money, that that's not getting it. That's not fulfilling me. So now I really gotta see what's going on here.
2: Mm, see that? See ya. Listen up, people. Money is not always the answer.
1: <laughs> Money is not, not
2: it, it can bring some some level of happiness, but it, it, it doesn't always bring the full fulfillment and and, and passion of a person. And uh that that's great to to uh, experience that. Now you're able to kind of teach and coach other people around that. So, yeah, thank you. I wow. ah, we can talk a whole lot, but I I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to put that one and try to ki- uh, kick gears a little bit. Even though I would love, to, I may have to have you back on because that's that's a great topic to talk about. I mean the value and the worth and just the program itself. So so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to have another talk. Uh Uh, Felicia about uh, possibly bringing you back on the show, (laughs) but uh, but it. yeah. Now, uh, real quickly before we go to a break here, now you did a, are you in the process of doing a play, or you've you've done a play based upon the book? If is that right?
3: That is, I am in the process of doing the play. I recently won a grant um, from the Montgomery County Cultural Works Grant. Um, it's an artist opportunity grant, and so I just submitted it. Somebody told me to submit it. It's one of those things that kind of catches fire, and I didn't expect it, so I submitted my um, concept of my book to turn it into a play, and they, they approved it, and I was like, oh, wow, so now you're, an, now you're an author and a playwright, and so, yes, I'm able to take my play from the page to the stage, and I'm so excited because it ties into what I do because I love all things communication. I love communicating with you through coaching, through training, through song, through movement. And so one of the things that I really love is spoken word. And so I'm able to take this book that I wrote and now bring it to the stage with the play, as a play with a live orchestra. It's going to be phenomenal and I'm very excited about it.
2: Oh, fantastic. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you so much. All right. Well, everybody, hang on. We're going to take a quick break and we'll return back with our conversation with Miss Felicia Charlton. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Talk Network.
1: Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework home walk restaurant need a review no i need help he's very smart but his mind wanders he's disorganized i think i understand oh good. finding best potatoes for french fries no russet fingerling Yukon gold uh, why don't you understand me Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org.
0: For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding
1: is everything. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Talk Network.
2: Well, we're continuing uh, my discussion with Ms. Felicia Charlton uh, here on the 17th episode of the Women in Finances series on uh, my show, the Shape Your Finances show. And I want to kind of switch gears just a tad bit. Uh, I want to count uh want to address some of the i call it some of the challenges or some of the struggles uh that you may have been faced with polythia along the way, be it professionally, be it personally. will you share some of those challenges or some of the struggles that you had and how you actually overcame those?
3: Yes, I would love to um. Professionally, one of the things that that I, a struggle that I faced was I was always told that I don't look like a principal. And I was told that from a lot of different people, and I really didn't understand what that meant in terms of what was I supposed to look like in order to deliver these results, love on kids, and create opportunities and move kids forward and get them to college. And so I think one of the challenges was I never fit into the box. But I had to accept that it was because I didn't fit into the box, I was able to lead in a different way. And so mm-hmm. that was a, a big struggle for me because I couldn't quite figure out what people wanted other than to be myself. And when I did try to be what people wanted me to be, then it looked awkward, and I, <laughs> and I felt awkward. But when I started to just be myself and, and, and lead in love, lead in honesty, and lead in truth, then I did, I no longer cared about what they thought I should look like. I was a principal at 29 years old, and so wow. a lot of people struggled. They struggled though with the understanding of how I could be a principal instead of what I could contribute and what I was able to do. And so, okay. um, some of that I picked up, and really it really made me conscious about how I was coming across professionally, um, in terms of my dress, in terms of my speech in terms of the organizations that I was a part of, but it also made me realize that you got this, and you're here because you're supposed to be here, and you don't have to lose your personality. You don't have to lose your flavor. You don't have to lose your self-acceptance to be validated in a job that's already yours. So Ooh, now did, that was one of my challenges.
2: Okay. Now, were you challenged uh, by others I say directly being, uh, I would say being an African-American uh, female at 29 years old as a principal? Yes. <laughs> I'm quite <A> sure.
1: <laughs>
3: yes, I was challenged directly because some of my mentors, some of the other educators, some of my old principals, I ended up at the same table with them. And they some of them struggled. With me being at the table, and one of my disappointments with some, not all, um, right. was that instead of welcoming me and instead of teaching me how to sit at this table, they instead showed why they didn't believe I should. And that, like I said, that is hmm. some, because I had one mentor in particular who I love to this day, and I'm going to call her out. Her name is Dr. Lily howard and at the time she was the immediate past provost of wright state university and she told me um, after a board meeting after i was appointed she told me that she needed to have lunch with me and i'm like okay great we're going to have lunch but when we sat down she was in a full suit and we did not have lunch she gave me a list of students that she wanted to see them differently she gave me a notepad she told me when she expected them she told me that the way we was supposed to carry myself, she told me that, you know, you can still be yourself, and I love that about you, but at this table, these are the things that are going to get you ahead. And then she celebrated my independence while teaching me how to be independent at that table. And she was a mind and a game-changer for my life. Um, and so she was one of the people who taught me, and she was, and she was very successful in um, academically renowned, but she still took the time to say, you know what, come over here, girl, let me, let me talk to you. And cause I see what you're trying to do and I'm going to teach you. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm going to teach you how to do it.
2: See that, that is so important. Um, having someone like that in your life, uh, a mentor. Uh, I, I don't take it lightly, uh, because it, a mentor is someone just like you just spoke. They have your best interests at heart, but they're going to demand uh, a lot from you. They're going to put the bar, that the bar is not going to be so unachievable, but they're going to make sure that that bar is raised so you can get to that point to where you need to be and should be.
3: Mm-hmm. And, you know, she did exactly that. When I tell you, it was like, I promised you, I was in her class like I was in a whole other course of Dr. Howard um, to the point where I got to know her style. So eventually she stopped having to bring an agenda and almost two years later we actually got to have lunch because I never could eat. Because I, was <laughs> <type> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a
1: good,
2: I have a good friend. Uh, uh, she's actually been on the, uh, my show at least two or three times. I don't know if you happen to know Miss Keisha Rivers. Uh, if you ever run across Keisha Rivers, uh, which if she's listening in or listening to this replay, I know she's going to give me a call right away. But every time I talk to her, she always gives me, sometimes indirectly, homework, meaning something that I need to do to work on my life, be it professionally, be it personally. But knowing that I have somebody like that in my life has benefited me so much. And I I can only imagine how Dr. Howard has definitely been uh, a great resource and a great uh, push uh, for you. So, uh, wow, that's fantastic.
1: You know, the other thing that she did
3: as well, um, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I wanted to say, too, the other thing that she did as uh well is while she was teaching me how to sit at the table, she also encouraged me to still dream. You know, she asked me all the time, what do you want to do? You know, if this is not what you want to do, what are you going to do about it? And that's what she would do. And she would get up and leave after that. What are you going to do about it? And that was a lot about, you talked about who influenced me to start my business. She was a heavy influencer to say that you can do both. And basically, if you don't do anything about it, it's because you didn't do anything. And I know that sounds very simple, but that was her question all the time. What are you going to do about it? And so I just wanted to share that piece as well.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, what are some life lessons uh, that uh, we can take away with tonight? What are some life lessons that you've learned uh, along your journey? Of course, you're still going on in this journey, but what are some life lessons that you can share with us tonight that you have learned uh, uh, up to this point? Um,
3: Personally, I learned that... um education did not necessarily begot got wisdom. Um, I learned that even though I used education as a tool to quote unquote get me out, there were still things that I didn't know about myself as a person and I still needed to learn how to love myself, set boundaries around myself, my thinking and my beliefs, and also set boundaries around people who had access to me. So I just, I learned that being, coming from foster care, everything was so intense and everything had to be perfect and everything had to be had to work because of that need for validation. I didn't realize until, you know, starting this Death of lie movement that that's where the validation came from. I never had the mom or the dad to say, good job, Felicia. And so I was always seeking some award or some sort of validation so somebody could tell me a good job. And so I had to learn that that came from within. I also had to learn that, you know, as a foster care survivor, it was not my responsibility, nor was I equipped to save other people in my family who were not moving along at the same pace or doing what I was doing. I learned much later in life that my responsibility towards my family was to love them. Not to try Mm -hmm. to save them, not to try to pay, you know, pay for things that they couldn't afford not to try to fix things and not to try to tell them what to do and to judge them, I learned through my life that my journey is to learn how to love them. And so because I was in charge and because I was used to winning, I used to try to take that same mindset of being a principal during the day and come home and be the principal and then be the principal of my friends and the principal of my sister, and it just didn't work. They like, a lot of times they said, you don't we don't work for you. And so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
3: oh, going to to turn that off and to turn on my human person and to, and to mm-hmm. develop my soft skills and to develop taking time away from always trying to win and just learn how to love life learn to be appreciative of the moment learn to enjoy my blessings my my family my children and not to be apologetic for operating at any level of greatness that has been given to me and so personally I learned a lot about myself and some of the things that I was doing that were contributing to my mindset so a lot of a lot of my growth has been through self-reflection, definitely through church and healing and and just a desire to want to be present while I'm here instead of sitting in a room and being a million miles away.
2: You know, I just hearing you talk, um, uh, the word of the words, willingness to change when necessary. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that is so key with people. If you don't have a mindset uh, where you are willing to change those areas that need to be changed. A lot of people don't want to confront that and I, I hear that that's I can I can hear that as you as you're talking. We all have to have a willingness to change definitely when it's necessary to change. And to change because you need to, not because somebody else say that you need to. Right. Oh wow good it's points.
1: Absolutely
2: Good. Yeah. Now, uh, as we're well, time is moving on here, um, mm-hmm. one other quick question, what, what advice uh, can you leave for all of my, uh, uh, all the women that are listening in, and especially knowing this is a women in finances series, what advice can you give to other women uh, professionally or personally that you can share with us? One or two things.
3: Well, the first thing I would say is never let mediocrity be your standard. Never let your environment shape your leadership. A lot of times if you're in a situation where you're not happy at work, you don't have to be a business owner, but if you're at work and you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're in a leadership capacity or you're doing your job, never let the work that other people won't do become the same thing that you're unwilling to do. Think about why you're there, what your purpose is, and how can you serve. And then do that to the fullest extent of your capability, no matter what anybody else is doing. Don't allow other people's level of mediocrity to be an excuse for you not giving your best. Um, I think that sometimes when we feel like we're mistreated or we don't get what we deserve, then we begin to withhold ourselves. And I say that personally as well, in a relationship with your family, with your children, if you're married, you know, with your spouse, always be seeking to serve. And I promise you that returns back to you. And if it doesn't, you need to reevaluate. But most of the time, if you're in the right place, then that should return back in ways that you could never even think, dream, or imagine. But it's only going to happen if you're willing to give of yourself. Even if no one ever says good job, you will know that you did a good job because you're doing your best. So that's something that I would say personally and professionally that's extremely important. And the other thing that I would say is don't be afraid to dream. You know, there's things that there's all sorts of gifts that are placed in all of us, and as executives, as business owners, as community leaders, as volunteers, you know, there are some things in you uh, that need to come out. And I would say don't punish yourself by withholding things from the world because you don't think you're good enough, you don't think it's time, or you don't think that you're ready. If something needs to come out in terms of sharing a gift with someone, just have the courage to see who else is doing it, watch them and then let your gift go because you never know who's going to be saved, healed, or have hope because you shared.
2: Now that's that's a preach right there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That that not only is that good information for women, but that's just plain good information for everybody. Uh, the give aspect and, and, and to always dream. And I always say this: dream big. You you can you can start small, but dream dream big. I mean, God has given us a mind uh, that can that can expand and think on and imagine, but don't limit ourselves to especially to our surroundings or to our environment. This is a big world we live in. And uh, Mm -hmm. thank you for that encouragement and for that advice to dream. Now, as we're coming to get ready to come to a close, uh, you can share with us for all of our listeners uh, any contact information, how people can get in contact with you to work with you or to get a copy of your book or just to touch bases with you personally or either through your company. Can you share your contact information with us?
3: Absolutely. People can get in contact with me at Felicia at charltoncharlton.com. That is my email address. And they can also go to my website, www.charltoncharlton.com. I have an upcoming workshop here in Dayton, Ohio and that's August 20th at 6 p.m. at the Berry Center, and you can go to my website for more information. And as you mentioned earlier, I have the play coming up November 16th here in Dayton, Ohio at the Dayton Art Institute at 2 p.m. But if you are not in Dayton, I do virtual coaching as well. So please head to my website, and you can get all that information.
2: Oh, perfect, perfect. One more time, get the website again.
3: Charlton dot com and then you if you look on linkedin instagram or Facebook you can just look up the death of a lie and you'll be able to find me
2: perfect perfect okay great great well Felicia, um, uh thank you so much for being a guest here on the show I've thoroughly I'm very good with taking notes so I was taking plenty of notes as you were talking throughout uh, tonight's uh, uh, show. So thank you so much for sharing the nuggets of information and taking time to be here on the show.
3: And thank you so much for having me. I love the work that you're doing. I think you're doing an amazing job and I wish you another 20 more plus 30 years, as many as God will have you to continue to spread this important work.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you again. Well, that's a wrap everyone. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to tune in tonight to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you've missed any of the past uh, episodes of my show, you can visit my website at www.shipmanconsulting.com click on the microphone I have a page dedicated to the radio show you can catch all of the shows that I've done since the inception of doing the radio show I have created a gallery of all the past guests that I've had here on the show uh, the uh, just my normal uh, guest but then I have a special section uh, for all of the guests for the women in finances series so Please do that, and if you are not following me on social media, I would encourage you to please do so. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also on LinkedIn. And by the way, not only can you hear the past shows uh, on my website, but as I mentioned at the top of the show, you can catch us on Google Play, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and most recently, iHeartRadio. So I'd ask all of you to spread the word about the show. We want to continue to grow and grow and grow and expand. And I can't do it without your help. So thank you so much for joining in and tuning in uh, to the show tonight and all the past shows and all the future shows that we're planning to do. But before I go, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully. Spend carefully. Spend carefully. And invest wisely. We will talk with you next week. But wait a minute. You know me. I always have to go out with a little jazz music. Uh, this is a tune from Huge Groove. Take care, everyone.